Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interests podcast series. I'm Jan Friedrich, Head of your Middle Eastern Africa Sovereign Ratings at Fitch. Today I'm joined by Thomas Garreau, Associate Director in the Middle Eastern Africa Sovereign Rating Team and the Lead Analyst for Ghana and Zambia, two of the countries that requested a Common Framework treatment. We'll be discussing the key takeaways of recent Common Framework developments and the outlook for this external debt restructuring process. So let's start with a brief background on the Common Framework, Thomas. Could you recall why the Common Framework was designed and which countries can request a Common Framework treatment? Thanks, Jan. The Common Framework was adopted in November 2020 in the context of the COVID crisis. Earlier in 2020, in March, the G21 put in place the, the DSSI, the Debt Service Suspension Initiative, that enabled requesting sovereigns to pause official debt service. But the DSSI was designed as a temporary measure aimed at addressing immediate liquidity stress. So the G20 and Paris Club came together to create the common framework, and it's intended to help countries that face solvency or protracted liquidity problems restructure their external debts. There are 73 countries uh, that can request a common framework treatment. Uh, these 73 countries are uh, mainly low-income countries. This is actually why some sovereigns that are currently restructuring their external debt, like Argentina, Lebanon, Sri Lanka, or Suriname, are not using the common framework. So at this stage, four countries have applied for common framework treatment. Chad, which we do not rate, but also Ethiopia, Zambia, and Ghana. Can you just run us through where Chad and Ethiopia stand? They seem to be a bit at opposite ends of the spectrum of progress. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um, Chad is the only one that completed its external debt restructuring under the Common Framework in November 2022. So this completion came 22 months after Chad requested a restructuring in Jan 21. Ethiopia requested a treatment right after Chad uh, in Feb 2021, but negotiations with the IMF and with official creditors have been suspended because of warranty grey. These negotiations resumed in November 2022 after a peace agreement was signed, but despite three visits of the IMF staff in Addis Ababa this year, the IMF and Ethiopia have not yet reached an agreement, um, a staff level agreement, which is a prerequisite uh, for a common framework restructuring. Even if the timing of the common framework uh, restructuring is still very unsure for Ethiopia, we recently downgraded uh, Ethiopia to double C to reflect that a default of some kind is probable from the government's participation in the common framework. Okay, thanks. And now what is the status for Zambia? Zambia's journey has been very long, but it now seems to be approaching some significant progress. Yes, the process has been very long for Zambia indeed. Zambia requested a debt treatment almost three years ago, uh, in February 2021. It took almost one year to first reach a staff level agreement with the IMF, then six months to get the financing assurances from the official credit committee, and then another year to sign an agreement with this OCC in June 2023. Very recently, last month, Zambia announced an agreement with a steering committee of bondholders and Zambia expects uh, to launch the formal exchange memorandum to all Euro bondholders the third week of November, so very soon. 
even when this data exchange is successful, we would likely lift Zambia out of default early 2024, so indeed three years after it requested a common framework restructuring, though it has taken a very long time. And why is that? Well, negotiations have lagged uh, mainly because of China's role as a very important but new player in the coordinated process of debt treatments. In a way, the, the Common Framework was funded to bring China and the Paris Club together. China holds 30% of Zambia's external debt. In the past, China had negotiated restructuring separately, so there was a need to align positions in this new context. For example, China demanded that multilateral development banks be included in sovereign debt restructurings under the Common Framework, which goes against their preferred creditor status. So we've talked about Chad, Ethiopia and Zambia. Ghana is the final, the fourth of the countries that have applied. What's the status there? It seems to be going more smoothly. Yeah, the process for Ghana has been much swifter indeed. Ghana requested a common framework treatment in Jan 2023. Financing assurances have been provided by the OCC four months later, and Ghanaian authorities expect to sign an MOU with the OCC by the end of this year, which we believe is realistic. The reasons why this process has been smoother are to be found in, first, the learning experience from Zambia, and second, the composition of Ghana's external debt. New players are getting more familiar with the common framework process, so one can reasonably assume that fundamental differences have been sorted out. Ghana's external debt is also significantly different in its composition than Zambia's external debt, with China owning less than 7% of Ghana's external debt. Okay, so we, we talked about these, these four experiences. Maybe can you sum up from these experiences what the stages of a restructuring under the common framework are? Sure, yeah. The process is highly standardized and can be divided in four main steps involving different actors. Reach a staff-level agreement with IMF, get the financing assurances from official creditors, and negotiate with these official creditors on the debt treatment parameters, and finally negotiate with other creditors on a comparable treatment. So the first step is a staff-level agreement uh, with the IMF, which is key because it defines the external financing gap that needs to be filled and gives us a starting point for negotiations. The second phase involves official creditors. All G20 and Paris Club bilateral creditors that have a claim on the debtor country will form an official creditor committee, an OECC. The OECC needs to provide what is called the financing assurances, which means that they commit to provide debt relief consistent with the financing gap and with their share in the debtor's external debt. This financing assurances provision unlocks the IMF board approval for an IMF program, so this is also a key step. The third step is the debtor country negotiating with the OCC on the key parameters of the external debt treatment, notably changes in nominal debt service over the IMF program period, the debt reduction in present value terms, and the extension of the duration of the treated claims. Once they agree on these parameters, they signed an agreement which is translated uh, into an MOU. This brings us to the fourth step. Once an MOU has been signed between the OECC and the debtor country, the latter is required to seek from all its other official bilateral creditors and from private creditors a treatment that is at least as favorable as the one agreed in the MOU. From a rating perspective, 
is only when the debtor country reaches an agreement with private creditors and successfully implements the debt exchange that the LTFCITR would be lifted out of default. So, yeah, it is important to understand these four steps, but in reality, negotiations with various stakeholders are carried out in parallel. For instance, in the case of Zambia, outreach to private creditors started as soon as September 2022. Okay, and so thinking about the common framework as as a process for restructuring, given somewhat unhappy experiences with Zambia, where do we stand? Is it relevant for future restructurings? Yeah, I think you're right in saying that the lens of negotiations for Zambia has questioned the effectiveness of the common framework and its ability to achieve an expeditious orderly restructuring. Again, part of the delay is due to China joining the creditor table. I do believe that um, the common framework will be the format that will be used uh, in the future by eligible sovereigns uh, if they need a debt, uh, an external debt restructuring. Indeed, there are two recent developments that will help accelerate its delivery capacity. First, a new discussion forum, and second, the introduction of value recovery instruments in debt treatments. So let's start with this new discussion forum, which is the Global Sovereign Debt Roundtable created in February 2023 that comprises official bilateral creditors, private sector creditors, and borrowing countries. This roundtable is a step forward to build common understanding on key stakeholders on some technical parameters like cut-off dates, SOE debt, or treatment of arrears. I do believe that in case of future common framework treatments, stakeholders will very likely capitalize on this common understanding of the process. The second improvement uh, is the introduction of value recovery instruments in Zambia's debt deal. Because by nature, debt restructurings rest on macroeconomic forecasts and assumptions, with different parties to the negotiations holding diverging views, potentially holding up the process. Having a quantum of debt relief that enables the debtor to reach moderate risk of debt distress under a baseline scenario, this baseline scenario resting on realistic assumptions, associated with a contingency clause that enhances recoveries if the actual performance of the debtor country is better than was anticipated. This helps move the path uh, to an agreement. And interestingly, Ghana's finance minister recently said that he was not opposed to the introduction of VRIs in Ghana's common framework debt treatment, which really shows that Zambia has created a precedent on this. Nevertheless, while improvements should allow the common framework to deliver more efficient restructurings in future, the current complex creditor landscape could still throw up disagreements, especially as each case brings with it its own particularities. Thank you very much for your insights on the common framework, Thomas, and thank you all for listening. For more information on our ratings and research on sub-Saharan African sovereigns, please visit us on FitchRatings.com. We hope you will join us for the next edition of the Fixed Interests.